Hello, podcast listeners. We are episode 71 of the Access Potential podcast. And there's a couple of things. One, I'm going to tell you a story. And two, I'm going to talk about the power of coaching, why I believe in coaching, why I think it's so powerful, why I feel coaching is incredibly effective, literally for everybody. And I wanted to really share this episode now and talk about this stuff right now because there's an incredible amount of change that is happening. There's a big shift in a lot of the external circumstances or the external environment for a lot of people, which has created a really big shift uh, at the physiological level for a lot of people. And what we see is this real change of kind of uh, ups and downs of the narrative level. So thoughts, emotions, and the language that's being used. And there's this, not just this shift for a lot of individuals, but a collective shift as well. So the work that we can do in coaching is incredibly powerful uh, because it allows us to dive into these lower, deeper levels and shine the light of awareness and bring some awareness and attention to this stuff and get clear and understand how we can take responsibility for these things to elevate our performance, to continue to move in the direction that we want to go and create the change that we seek, even though things may look different externally. So hope you enjoy it. Uh, before I kick it off and dive into the coaching stuff, I'm going to share a little bit of a story. So we're going back uh, to 2009 to Sydney's northern beaches, a little town called Freshwater. I had lived in Sydney for seven years prior to this. I moved over from New Zealand for uni, but at, for the, at that time I'd lived uh, at Maroubra, which is kind of on the eastern side. Anyway, now I was living up in Freshwater. I had recently left a corporate job in engineering and I was working part-time at this point in a running store selling shoes. And the rest of my time was basically spent training. It was a very simple existence. Uh, I was really into long course triathlon. I had recently done a race in New Zealand and qualified for what's called the Hawaiian Ironman World Championships, which are in October every year. So the rest of that year, I was basically working and training. Now, the thing was, I wasn't a very good swimmer. So and he was a pro triathlete. He also happened to be one of the fastest swimmers in the sport globally. Uh, and he would often be first out of the water. So he would lead the pack in the swim. Anyway, I caught up with this guy. His name's Pete. Uh, and we did a session together, Pete Jacobs. And he took me through swimming technique. Pete was also known for his radical candor, his bluntness and his confidence and so anyway the session was short and he gave me some really blunt feedback which was really helpful and effective we also happened to really hit it off he texted me that night he said he found out that i was training for hawaii and he goes hey do you want to join me tomorrow for my long run in the morning i'm going to do 24k progression run and of course i was freaking out because i was just an amateur he was this pro asking me if i wanted to train and but I knew I had to say yes because of the opportunity, right? So I said yes, I turned up, um, we started off. Basically, I was hanging on his heels the whole time. 
but at the same time, I was just frothing because this was like a dream come true, right? To get to train with a pro. And we continued to train, you know, we became friends and we continued to train for the rest of that year leading into Hawaii. And it's really interesting. The reason why I bring this up is because over this time, Pete shifted my entire perception, my entire narrative, my worldview of what it meant to be an athlete, what it meant to do triathlon, how to think about training. This directly impacted my actions, of course, my behavior throughout that year and beyond, uh, my habits, uh, and then ultimately my performance in the race. And later that year in Hawaii, I ended up having a really, really good race, uh, got a personal best over there, which is hard to do because it's so hot. And it all stemmed from this deeper level transformation that came from hanging around and, and in essence being coached by Pete. So I want to talk about this coaching stuff because it's so powerful. And I think it, that it's really something that we all benefit from as humans. And I want to explain why. So coaching can kind of be divided into two sort of categories. One is what's known often as performance coach, coaching. And that is, you know, it's quick, it's strategy, it's Let's get the solution in the fastest possible time frame. And this could be, you know, this could kind of include like the tips and tricks, the hot takes, you know, the short little prompts, things that help us quickly to see a result or realize a result. This is not what Pete did at all. If Pete had given me a little program or an exercise routine or said, hey, you should change your running like this, then it would have been performance coaching. This is not what he did. The other style of coaching is what's called transformational coaching. This is working at the deeper levels, at the all the way down to the root level of understanding our perception of our environment and what's going on, uh, understanding our thoughts, emotions, and language, which falls under this umbrella of our narrative or worldview, understanding and reflecting on our actions and behaviors, understanding habit develop, and then finally seeing how this leads into performance. So transformational coaching obviously is a lot more uh, long game. It's a lot deeper and typically is filled with a lot more tension. There's tension because there's discomfort and there's discomfort because we're questioning our narrative quite often. So when we question our narrative, when we question our worldview or our belief in something or our language, it's a little bit of a hit to the ego. So it's not usually comfortable. And in fact, coaching can be quite uncomfortable. I've been on coaching calls before with uh, some of my coaches and I've, I've basically left the call very frustrated at myself and at them, at the whole situation, uh, only to have it play out very well and very much according to plan in the following uh, hours, days, weeks. So coaching can, can bring this discomfort at time as we lean into areas that we may not have seen, uh, that we may not expect. So I want to break this down a little bit uh, and bring, shine some light into this because 
If nothing else, you can start to look at the way that you're moving through your business, your relationships, whatever it is that you're focused on, and perhaps question some areas and bring some attention to some areas that may be helpful. So the very first thing to talk about or to notice is this perception of our environment. And I'm going to use this uh, case with Pete here a little bit as we go. The very first thing I learned was how Pete was setting up his environment. And what that did was allowed him to perceive a completely different environment as well. So Pete had a different view of what was happening because his actual physical environment was different. He set himself up to be able to rest very effectively and to be able to recover very effectively, to be able to train very easily. Uh, but also he had a, a um, conscious perception as well, a shift that he had created around abundance that he knew he was going to end up where he wanted to go. And this, of course, is influenced by the upper levels, and we'll get to that as we go. But the very first thing to note is this concept of perception. Perception, how we perceive the environment around us, both consciously and subconsciously, directly influences our physiology and our state. And this goes back to the work of people like Dr. Stephen Porges and his concept of neuroception. And that is that uh, we, we are constantly running this perception, this subconscious assessment and evaluation of what's going on around us. So understanding this and recognizing that we need to bring attention here and we can set up this environment and bring awareness to this perception is key because this influences physiology. Basically, this influences how you feel, your state, stress, tension, uh, hormonal profiles. This is all being shifted by perception. So that's kind of the first step. And the question here is really, you know, if we had to simplify it is what's happening? What's really going on around us in the world around us? You know, and when we look at uh, in the Access Potential Academy program, we have this huge module at the front end. It's called Energy Generation. And this is very much driven or, or focused on this area of perception. Uh, we have reference and work around breathing. We have work around nourishment, creating urgency. All of this stuff is around perception. It's this base key base layer that's linked into our nervous system, our capacity, and then ultimately, as we'll see further up, our ability to do great work. Okay, so that's the first one is this perception shift that Pete uh, Pete showed me, Pete taught me without explaining verbally, I was able to see this and, and be influenced by this and shift my own perception. The next level up, from this perception and physiology is the narrative level. So this is a thought, emotion, and language, right? And these are all interrelated. And you often hear me talk about this concept of narrow narrative or worldview, which could be kind of considered like a habitual fabric that is woven, uh, a habitual thought fabric that is woven by these views that we have of the world around us. And some people have a narrative or worldview that serves them in the direction they want to go and others do not. And of course, 
the narrative is not fixed as well, so it can ebb and flow. But a, a narrative that's not helpful would be one that is more filled with blame, uh, excuses, uh, that is you know heavily driven by a story in the past, uh, a lack of accountability or you know a blaming or judgment of others. A narrative or worldview that could be generally more helpful would be driven more by acceptance, by ownership, by the ability to take action and lean into things. So it's a general term, but this is bringing awareness to what are the thoughts that are driving you right now, is bringing attention to what are the emotions that are in play, what language are we using here right now as we talk about this. Right? So language is such a key one as well. Uh, language creates worlds, language, tone, uh, posture, all of these things come into this level of narrative. So a lot of the coaching work that we do is at this narrative level. So diving into thought structure, diving into language, diving into these worldviews and questioning things. Once we question, we recognize that there's malleability in narrative. And when we recognize that there's malleability or the ability to change or shift narratives, then it allows us to try on different narratives, to try on different worldviews. So this is super key, right? Because if you think about this time I spent with Pete, the pro triathlete, the biggest shift was that he allowed me to try on the narrative of a professional triathlete, even though I was an amateur. So my narrative going in was, I'm just an average guy, I'm just an amateur, I don't really know what I'm doing. He allowed me to try on his narrative, his long game narrative, his professional do the work narrative, show up, be consistent, uh, you know, the way he framed up his thinking, the language that he used. He just simply allowed me to use this. And this happens very organically, of course, with this kind of time frame and exposure. But realistically, what it was, was I got to lift his operating system out and literally install it into my head. And the results are ridiculous because when we look further up the chain, we can see, starting with the next level, that this influences the actions and the behaviors, right? So action and behavior, of course, on the negative side or on the not so helpful side, we have distraction, right? And we have avoidance where we're just not leaning into the work. Stephen Pressfield in his book, The War of Art, talks about the resistance, which is any real force that's taking us away from the key work that we want to do. Uh, this is reflected in distraction. It's reflected in avoidance. It's re reflected in behavior that is not productive. Now, this level is very important because below this, we're working at the level of the mind and the physiology. From this point, we're working in the actual constructs of reality. We're actually working in action. You could sit here with me in the office and see where on the spectrum I'm sitting. Am I filled with distraction and avoidance? Or am I doing the work? Am I taking action on the tasks which are gonna move me closer to where I want to be going? So this is key because this is where it actually shows up. And of course, this is where a lot of people focus on at the beginning. However, 
what we know is and what we've seen is that the actions and the behaviors are the manifestations of the narrative. Okay, so this is also very key as well, because when we look at narrative and, and this operating system, the way that we think, our ability to, to you know, have a certain thought structure, our ability to see this stuff, this worldview, uh, there's a concept in psychology, it's called top-down model of perception. And the way that that works is we have this narrative that's kind of installed and it's been there from past experiences, childhood, upbringing, what have you. And we walk through the world with this narrative and we look for instances or evidence in the world around us to prove the narrative right. So in relationships, this is really common because I could have a narrative about my father or my mother and I could say to you, you know, my, my, my um, mom is X, Y, Z. And then I could say, see, look at this. Here are three examples of this. And what I'm doing there is using a bias based off of this existing narrative to pull out evidence that shows and supports this one narrative. So this is really important because the actions and the behaviors that we illustrate, that we do, that we carry out, typically support the narrative that we have. So what this means is when I tried on the narrative of the professional, thanks to Pete and his coaching without really knowing he was coaching, when I tried this on, the behaviors and the results and the actions that stem from this proves to bring a positive result. And this is really key because it gives a positive reinforcement to that narrative. So it gives me more evidence, it gives me more impetus to to grab onto that narrative, which was more helpful, and to continue to use it. So coaching, already we can see it is not just theoretical. If we're just working with language, thoughts, emotions, we're just talking through things, we're really not going to see the shifts in performance higher up that are going to bring that positive feedback loop in and help us to create this you know, more powerful narrative for ourselves. So this level, this action and behavior level is really key because it's really where we start to see the evidence. It's where we see, start to see that, hey, this work that we're doing in this coaching, when I go and do these action items and I see these results, whether that's in my bank account, whether that's in my business, whether that's in my staff and my culture, okay, I'm seeing these results based on the actions. This is, going, this is now starting to support this new narrative. And here I start to get a positive cycle, right? So the next level up, of course, is uh, what do we call habit level. And this is really key because, of course, the thought, emotion, the language, all of this stuff can become habitual, not just actions and behaviors. So we can have ways of thinking, ways of reacting, ways of responding, uh, ways of using language that is habitual, as well as ways of acting and behaving that is habitual. Habits can be incredibly damaging uh, and, and bring a strong downward spiral. And they can be incredibly helpful and bring a strong upward spiral as well. So ultimately, really, you know, on the surface, the habit, the action, the behaviors are what are really dictating and driving this performance. But what we see is when we look at transformational coaching or this deeper coaching work, 
It's driven from all of the deeper work. It's driven from the energy generation work and it's driven from the work around the narrative and the worldview and the language that we use and these deeper thought structures as well. So a lot of people just jump onto habit. Uh, you know, there's a lot of books. I'm looking at one right now. It's called The Power of Habit um, by Charles Duhigg. And that's great. You know, the habit to bring awareness to it is, is amazing. The thing is, we need to understand that we also have these underlying factors that need to be understood. If we're just looking at the shifts in uh, action or behavior over and over and over, and we don't bring attention to the thought, emotion, language, and narrative, or the physiology, or the perception of the environment, then we're basically potentially beating our heads against a brick wall. It would be as if Pete had said to me, hey John, here's what you need to do, just get this habit, change how you're doing this thing during the week, and it will all work out. And there's no way that that would have happened because I needed to understand his way of looking at the world uh, and, and his way of taking action and doing the work before I would have bought into that habit and had any form of sustainability in that space over the long time frame, which is, of course, what I needed uh, in that sport to do well and get the result that I wanted. So finally, you know, we're now up at the top. This is performance. Uh, and I remember, you know, that in that one instance, I remember sitting in Hawaii when the race was on at the beginning of the race, it was like a 4 a.m. start. I'm sitting in the ocean looking back at the mountains and I just remember smiling. I remember so much of this stuff clicking at once and recognizing that, you know, I made it here thanks to Pete and thanks to all of this work uh, and training that we had done and that, you know, I could relax and I could take it easy and enjoy it and that all of this stuff, this perception, the thoughts, emotion, even on this race day was going to play out and it was going to help me to have a better race. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly uh, what it did. And this is exactly what we see over and over and over again. So while a lot of people like to jump straight into performance and straight into shifting things at the top level, without the understanding of how to go deeper and look into your own thoughts, perception, narrative, and try on something that is a little different and reframe what you're seeing and the language that you're using, we simply do not have long-term shifts. So you keep hearing the word long-term, of course, uh, you know, for me, the, you know, the Access Potential Academy program rerun, that's six months long. It is a blend of this deeper work around energy generation and the narrative and the language, uh, learning how to reframe and bring this, you know, um, sort of posture of, of inquiry into our thinking and, and design thinking. But it's also heavily focused on the action because we need that feedback. We need those results to fortify this narrative, to fortify a stronger belief system, to fortify a more positive uh, mindset that can help us to get to where we want. Uh, so we do that through what's called project-based learning. And this is effectively if you were to set up small projects for yourself to execute on in order to get the results, move closer to your goal and help to build this narrative. So that's, that's it for today. That's all I wanted to share, kind of a little bit of an overview. I think this stuff is incredibly powerful. Um, I use this myself across all sorts of different areas. One uh, in particular, of course, that I talk a lot about, you know, I spoke about this in the sport 
um, shifting that narrative. So that that narrative around training for me continued well through out the next decade into different types of training and it still is there. Um, his way of thinking and that all came from Pete. Uh, another example is this concept of content creation. You know, a couple of years ago for me, it was the starting of the daily blog. And prior to that, I was a business owner and a gym owner and uh, I, I wasn't a writer. I wasn't in any creator. Uh, you know, I had done engineering and I started to blog right every day. And what happened was I got to try on this new narrative of being the creator. And the action, which was writing the blog, provided proof. It provided the evidence, you know. So what happened was that narrative got positively reinforced. I was trusting that narrative to the point where now I can consider myself the creator. And I go, yeah, I'm a, I'm a creator. And I'll get a reply on the emails or people will engage. And that narrative gets stronger and stronger. And then we get to push the boundaries of that narrative. Maybe I'll do a podcast. Maybe I'll do a film. You know, we get to extend that sphere of creativity because the narrative is strong. And so this is how we go. We can play with the narrative. We can play with the language. We can reframe at the bottom level. And then we can implement, we can execute, use accountability, positive peer pressure, and sort of peer-to-peer -peer networks to execute the action to build up the belief, build the confidence, um, build the momentum out in reality where we see it hitting the performance side of things as well. Hopefully that is helpful. If you have any specific questions on this stuff, send them along. You know, it potentially it's in the behavioral side of things or it's in the work and the consistency. Um, or perhaps it's in a narrative that you're noticing in yourself uh, that's either helpful or not so much and you want to you know share it or talk about it let me know send it along to john at johntmarsh.com and i always love to hear from you guys that's it for today i hope you enjoyed thank you so much for listening as always i'll see you on the next episode you know this is for the the health you know, the longevity of your business and your tribe and yourself, your relationships. Um, so it's invaluable. You know, this is an area that no one really speaks about. Most, you know, amazing small businesses, big businesses that, you know, kind of value clients, value team, you know, kind of, um, they have to have the soft skills in play because it humanizes everything. It's about people. The Access Potential Academy is a six-month program for small business owners who are ready to grow, people who want to level up and be surrounded by like-minded business owners, other people who are looking to grow as well. There's a big focus on what are called foundational skills or soft skills. This is right brain thinking, the ability to humanize your business, your marketing, your sales, the ability to find your voice, the ability to connect more powerfully, cultivate empathy for your audience, the people you serve. If this sounds like something that you're interested in, you're ready to finally grow, finally level up your business and the skills that you need for long-term success in business, reach out. Send me an email, john at johntmarsh.com. We're currently underway with the 2020 wave. 
uh, but we will be looking at the next wave as we move into next year.